Hey, welcome back to Pints and Perspectives, a podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church, where we believe there is a plethora of theological perspectives and plenty of beer to go around. One, two, three, and then the four. Hey, so I accidentally ended last uh, week's episode with maybe potentially a copyright infringement. So if it was a really weird edit cut, it was the next episode by Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. Who else is on that track? I don't remember. It's from the 2000 Chronic album. I think I'm doing all this in memory. Uh, comment below if I'm wrong. Uh, where was I going with this? Why it ended so weirdly. Well, so here's the deal, man. I didn't realize. So let me ask you a question, Cullen. Uh, obviously, I can't use like actual audio cuts, but can I sing it? What? Like if I sing a song, uh-huh. do we infringe upon copyright? No, because you have creative license. Oh. So people can do covers on YouTube and sing and play guitar of songs that are copyrighted. Okay. But Papa Top again. There you go. I just sat down. Something. Set him up, my friend. Alan Jackson. There you go. My grandfather requested that song be played. When you sang Tear in My Beer. There's a tear in my beer, and I'm crying for you, dear. Um, You know, I really do enjoy country music that comes from previous generations i just hate current country music sans chris stapleton oh um, i love country music if you didn't know i know i'm country oh we know bro. i'm 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 real country like so country i grew up hunting and fishing and riding bulls Look, and rodeo and cullen, horses and cullen everyone my knows dad owns that. a ranch everyone knows that by the very way you pronounce Hunting, say hunting, <laughs> hunting, <laughs> hunting, hunting. Kevin, how do you say hunting? Hunting. Yeah. Actually, I you think say I, hunting like a boy who's been hunting. Yeah, well, and goes hunting. That's uh, what. Hunt, yeah, hunting and yeah, and, and training here. and training a hunting dog. Dog, dog, dog. He put a he put a U in dog. Dog. Yeah, uh, and actually, speaking of, I think I'm going to a rodeo on Friday. Which would be tomorrow. What kind of rodeo? Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo has already left town. No, dude, a real rodeo. Ah! <laughs> Don't you dare talk down on Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. You know that they have they have given out over $54 million in educational funds hey, since and they I were love founded. That. That, that is the benefit of commercialization of the sport that I really love. Oof. Shots fired. The sport he really loves. So I'm going you to. You mean a, animal abuse? Real rodeo. It's not abuse. Oh, those my. bulls are Peta, athletes. Peta, oh, what about the calves that they that they rope that they team rope and throw on the ground and wrap up and then? Oh, because you think that and, hurts that animal. Look, man, we're not going to talk about Peta. I mean, you could talk about Peta if if, if anyone, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Anyone that thinks that rodeo or any rodeo event is unethical a treatment of animals has clearly never spoken to an individual that does any sport of rodeo because we appreciate those animals as much as anything because we don't have our sport without them. Or okay, so like what they say at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo every single time they rodeo is, "Hey, these animals are the are the real athletes here. We these animals are treated like the better than the athletes themselves." And those animals make money. They they do. But, so, I want you to I want you to understand those calves that you're talking about, no, no, those no. calves, they can win up to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, bro, which bro, 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 truly bro, bro, bro. go to the owners. Bro. It's true. But those that calf doesn't a, win anything. No, that calf wins very real no, money. No, a man wins money the owner on the of that back calf. of Correct. that calf. But 
But because that man wins money on the back of that calf, don't you think it that gets means, to live a little longer? <laughs> no, don't you think that means that that animal gets treated in the most prime and premier conditions and treatment what known does to that an animal? Mean? What does prime and premier conditions mean when it has to run away for its life? Do you know it doesn't run away for its <laughs> life? Nobody's harming that bull. What? Okay, we should move on. Oh <laughs> Kevin, gosh. Kevin, comment below because I know you're he, on the, I'm his going to side. the rodeo with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's the one that told me about the damn rodeo. Oh, yeah. Okay, I know, let's I know. talk about some beer. Hey, okay, uh, who wants to go first? You can. Hey, so I am drinking a special beer. I'm drinking a unique beer. It is the Stone Enjoy by 420 Hazy IPA. Now, Cullen, have you ever had an Enjoy by? Uh, and enjoy by the beer. Well, so enjoy by is a series by stone. Okay. It's, it's an, it's, it's a seasonal. It comes out once a year, uh, brewed to be enjoyed blazingly fresh. Okay. Let oh, me tell you I don't think I've ever had one. No. Yeah. So you can only find these once a year. I don't remember them being 9% alcohol by volume every year. Guys, 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 guys. I'm so excited. I just read what it is. What? It's a, it's, it's a, a 420 hazy. Okay, listen to me. You have to enjoy it by 420. Look, when you Google, look, do it right now. Google Stone Enjoy by 2023. And what's going to pop up as your first search result, it's click stone it. Stone Brewing. No, click it. Click it. It's what? It's Tell me what you see on your screen. Oh, it's a countdown. It's a countdown clock. It's a, like a, yeah, it's a, a running How long do we countdown have? Countdown clock. How long do we have? 27 days, 13 hours, 55 minutes, and four, 16 seconds. Enjoy by April 20th, 2023. Because this beer is brewed to be the freshest uh, manifestation of hops that Stone Brewing, uh, West Coast IPA famed uh, brewery, can create. There's 10 different hops in here, Right. Uh, yes, 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 yes. You see, not only did we brew this beer with over 10 different hops, we've also gone to extensive links to ensure that you're getting this double IPA in your hands with an extraordinary short window. That's why the enjoy by date isn't randomly etched in the tin text somewhere on the bottle, but to be overlooked by all, uh, 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 he's what they're saying is like, Hey, like we didn't just print a date on a can that nobody cares about. No, it's important. It's on it. The name of the beer is drink this by April 20th. Yeah. Okay. So that's not all these beers. These Enjoy beers. by four 20, 2023. That's correct. <clears throat> and, uh, they've been doing this for, I was going to see how many years they've been doing this. I think since 2012, Yes. How did you? Oh, so you bought a six pack? I only bought one. Oh, okay. You can you, uh, HB, you get, HB, yeah, bro, well, yeah. HB. So they they can do the make your own six pack thing, but it's apparently only packaged nationwide on draft in twenty two ounce bottles or Bomber. in six packs. Yeah, bombers, six packs, and drafts, and yep. you can get it uh, on draft a couple places in Houston right now. We've been brewing the Stone Enjoy by IPA series as a celebration of those magical little green buds. We call hops since 2012. That's when I had my very first one. I had the very first issue of this beer. In 2012? In 2012, on tap. Have you had every year's iteration? No, oh. I can't say that I have. Okay. Um, I've had most of them, but I had it on tap at Petrol Station, which doesn't exist anymore. Brewed to be enjoyed within 37 days and to, be celebrate, and to celebrate a date that's special to many because, you know, it's 420. 
420 Hazy IPA is blazingly fresh. So take a rip, a I sip. sip. Or whatever you'd like to call it, and experience the vibrant, glorious darkness, dankness, dankness, dankness that is this beer. So um, it's it, it is boozy AF. It is nine percent alcohol by volume. It is full of hops. What's the IBU on this bad boy? Uh, IBU oh is fifty, which actually isn't. That's super, not that's not blowing your not, water out. Not blowing your water out, but um, but still pretty good. Um, released on February 7th, uh, and the flavor profile, plenty of sweet orange, tropical fruit, peach, and apricot, uh, and it's a hazy, so it's going to be golden, it's going to be hazy, it's going to be creamy, um, like the head's going to be creamy, uh, so yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. (laughs) Whoa! (laughs) I'm dead. I can't. Gutter, gutter, mine. Oh my God, that was so good. Okay. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I also have a, a, a series label. You do. So, <clears throat> New Belgium, pretty common brewery. Uh, Great or, beer. Texas, baby. Are they in Texas? Yeah. Oh, wait, no, no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. New Belgium. Sorry. I was yeah, saying, no, they're North Carolina. So That's what I'm, I thought. They're in I'm Asheville. I'm so sorry. I'm, yeah. Uh, I was oh, saying yeah, it was yeah. Really get out, get no, out, get out, get out of here. Asheville, Asheville North, North Carolina. Carolina. Shout. That's a beautiful place. Fat tire. Um, so New Belgium, they're probably most known for their fat tire. Right. Adam's giving them a shout. But a few years ago, they came out with this line of IPAs that they called the Voodoo Ranger. We reviewed one recently. We did, and I've reviewed the other two that we didn't review recently at previous episodes yeah. of the show. I'm a fan. I really like IPAs. I've liked uh, them all. Uh, this IPA that Adam has described, I think that may be the like quintessential idea concept of an IPA. We'll There's see. like 80% carryover according to most polls that if you like to smoke cannabis and the, the taste and flavor of cannabis, yeah. you are 80% likely to have IPAs be your most favorite beer. Well, because hops and cannabis are the same. Cousins. They're, They're cousins. They're, yeah, yeah, it's the, all, yeah. The traditional bot or the true botanical botanical name the true the name of name. hops yeah. is cannabis hopping something yeah right it's, it's like some latin word same that same, we shortened to hops same flower it, family yeah it comes it's just the vine version of the cannabis plant and right it doesn't produce thc but it does produce good beer i right and well, it creates great bittering and grass flavors right. and you know the things we love about sometimes it. though if you're familiar with the smell of raw cannabis flower uh sometimes when you uh sniff a beer you get a lot of raw cannabis yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, notes yeah. if if it's the right type of hops variant yeah because yeah. like these like one of the main ones in the beer adam has a citra hops oh that's yeah. not going to smell anything like cannabis yeah. it's going to smell like lemon trees but it does have lemon can- grass and but it does have cannabinoids yeah it does it yeah. does it absolutely yeah. does it has cannabinoids it is a part of the cannabis plant family it's just the vine version Dang. so this beer is a part of the voodoo family yeah. which new belgium says the voodoo family is our Voodoo Ranger family is brewed with trend-setting hop and malt varieties Ooh. and served with a side of sarcasm. <laughs> the bottom line, if you're looking for innovative IPAs that are hop-forward, bold, and occasionally hazy, the Voodoo Ranger fam has your back. Where's the sarcasm? Well, they always have a little bit of sarcasm in the character. Mm. It's always a little bit different of a fighter pilot. Oh. So it's a voodoo ranger. It's a skull. And so okay. it's just a little okay. different. Okay. And the the like tagline for the series is live rangerously. <laughs> so uh, it's 9.5% right. 
ABV, its IBUs are only 30, really low. And it's a well, it, it's a, a hazy imperial, so it's, it's a double. Well, du- but a lot of doubles, the IBU starts to fall off the more It is true, because the longer you boil it, yeah. the more blend you get with the malt, which here we have pale malt, oats, and wheat. So it doesn't tell me. That's not fancy. Right. It doesn't tell me exactly what the malts are. Because I bet that pale is like either American two-row. Yeah. Or maybe even a Pilsner malt. And it's the wheat that makes it hazy, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Probably, they're or, probably malting the wheat and it's making it hazy. Yeah. That's and, probably And, and not filtering, like, of course. And not filtering. Right. The hop varieties. Oh, so you... And see, so remember how we always talk about... Mosaic, baby. Uh, well, remember how we always talk about that it's people across the pond, it's breweries in yes. Europe that are messing around with yeast right. as an active flavor ingredient? One. They're just using ale yeast, the standard basic yeast that everybody uses. So we really don't do that here in America. Yeah. It's not really a thing that we do. It's like an afterthought almost. But look. The hops. You had 10 varieties of hops in yours? Yeah. Four, five, six. I got seven in mine. Yeah, Mosaic, right. very common hop. Yeah. Chinook, very common hop. Yeah. Fato, not. Galaxy, getting there. Strata, Lotus, not. Sabro, pretty common. Uh, more West Coast style with Sabro. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's going to be pretty good. It's going to be fruity. It's going to have citrus flavors. Uh, oh, you can get it at 50-50 Acorn Golf. Shout. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I expect to like it. Uh, it is 1230 on a Thursday afternoon, and this is a full pint. I'm probably not going to finish this. Party foul. Nine, and a, nine and a half. Yeah. And the last beer we had was what? 9.8? 9. 9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, now, I mean, I did spill some of mine, so I didn't finish it. True. Cheers. Uh, cheers. <laughs> a, a creamy head, uh, as Adam said. I'm well, the one well that has. I'm the one that's got the head coming out of the can. Yeah. <laughs> smells like grass. That's what it's supposed to smell like. Mine smells like a West Coast IPA. <laughs> mm. Go. You go. Definitely got Citra and Sabro hops. It's man. They're hitting me. It's real balanced. I see why the IBUs are low. You know how the bitter taste that remains as the higher yeah. the IBUs go? That's really not there. It's very, oh. um, it kind of mediums out. It's kind of, you get the malt kind of carrying over through the finish, which yeah. is kind of my judge for a pretty balanced IPA. That's a double. I mean, yeah, that's, that's the double. The hazy's definitely there. The malt and the wheat, it's definitely, they wheated the malt. Yeah. I mean, you could just tell. Um, yeah, I think it's great. Uh, you really do have that Citra and Sabro hops, and it really—it's it, kind of—it's a lemongrass flavor. Um, I didn't—I didn't know that I was going to call it on its head before, but yeah, it's a lemongrass flavor, and it—it it works. Yeah. Um, Interesting. When I take a sip of this, oh wait, you didn't give a rating. Sorry, I moved on. Yeah. Um, like eight four. What? But but okay. To be fair, brah doubles and hazies are my favorite. Okay, okay, okay. I do. Okay, okay. I just like as beer styles, IPAs are my favorite category. Yeah, sure. Doubles 
are probably my number one favorite. Okay. They have the most flavor and complexity out of them. Okay. Unless you're getting into like barley wine style. Yeah. And then like hazies just add a different level and they usually come with a fruit adjunct. And so I really love that for like a summer beer. So a double hazy, that's like, that's that's speaking my language. That's everything I want out of a beer. I do appreciate that both of these double hazies, uh, neither has a fruit adjunct, uh, which, because it's uncommon. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, man, my favorite double IPA actually is, uh, we, we saw when we were buying that one, is Rodeo Clown. But um, my favorite double IPA is the dogfish head 120 oh, minutes yeah yeah i'm tripping that's the best one <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's much closer to a barley wine i've done them on several podcasts yeah. on this hey dog i've done it on several podcasts on this uh or i've done yeah, it on yeah, several yeah. episodes of this podcast but it's like 19 percent um and no. it's a limit yes 19 oh look it up my man no i, bu- I believe you i believe you I yeah believe you. i'm gonna look it up just to check myself when i first started drinking them I thought they were what like in 2000 what year did i turn 21 and you introduced me to them 20 did i in- did i introduce you to yeah the 120 yeah remember you introduced me to be- like craft beer uh, yeah, I just didn't know. Before that, I was just pounding Keystone Light at rodeos. That's, that is Kevin's fault. That is Kevin's no, fault. No, it wasn't Kevin. He did not <laughs> condone that behavior. Oh, okay. Even when he was pounding beers, he was a Miller. <laughs> he was a boy. Miller, an MGD, a Miller Genuine Draft. Oh, my God. Uh, is that the champagne of beers? No, uh, that is Coors, Coors Miller Bank. High Life. Miller High Life. Which, Miller High Life. Miller that's High Life. my poor boy label. Yeah, yeah. My real label when I got money is Shiner, but my poor boy label well, is the champagne of beers. Shiner, Shiner is a little heavier than that. Anyway, uh, let me let me let me talk about this hazy IPA enjoyed by four twenty. Yeah, see, look, okay. When I first started drinking it, they didn't put a consistent percent abv on it because they brew it every year mm-hmm. and so it changes yeah it always clocks in, okay. in between 15, 15 and 20 percent. okay yeah damn that's that was it, right okay it is the best tell um, me about your beer yeah 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 so um full of hops it is bitter upon bitter still good balance uh if you've never had a stone ipa uh like their base like what the beer they're famous for and have won all the awards for. It is that beer, the flavor profile identical, uh, except it's got uh, more, um, it, it's it's sweeter, but that's the double yeah. thing, right? Like that's because that's it's a double. And it's, I don't, okay, I'm a, I'm a beer nerd too. I enjoy hops too. I'm not a hazy guy. I don't know. You don't like the haze? It's not that I don't like it. It's just that it's not really my preference. Um, because here's why. Because this beer is designed to be a hops explosion. Okay. A, a, a boozy hops explosion, right? What makes sense? Yeah. 37 days. You have 37 days. 37 days, to, drink days this. to experience the hop in all its glory. And the reason for that is because they want you to go bitter upon bitter upon bitter. They want you to taste every note of that hops. But and its IBUs are low. Well, it doesn't drink that way. Let me tell you something. It doesn't. It is my. So it's been probably two minutes since I took my last sip. My tongue is coated in just bitterness. Yeah, do, do it. Drink it. Take a sip. It drinks more than 50 IBUs. I promise you. 
Oh my God. There's 10 hops in it. There, I mean, it was just brewed. It was brewed less than 30 days ago. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, but the balance it, it drinks a lot more than fifty IBUs. I'm telling you that is misleading, and you don't notice that it's nine percent. The al- there is it's no smooth. alcohol. There's yeah, no it's alcohol. It's in not it. boozy. It's not not hot. at all. It's not at all. You taste hops and a good balance of malt on the on the on uh, on the kind of initial sip. My tongue is coated in bitterness. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that's the point, though. That, that's the point. They, that's what you're looking for. Does it tell you what 10 hops are in it? No, it doesn't. No. It's interesting because when the beer itself... It tells you the feature hops are Rakao and Citra. Those which are the big ones. I know Citra. Well, yeah, yeah. so Stone is um, you know, quintessential West Coast IPA brewer. So it's going to have a Citra A clean hops. and efficient bittering hop at 10 to 11% AA. Oh, there you go. But it's usually used in later editions. Okay, so it's an adjunct. Or, sorry. Fruit aroma. It, yeah, it, it gets added in later for a fruit aroma. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why they're saying it's a feature because it gets lost. I don't think so. That's what I'm saying. I don't think so. I think... I think no, dude, it's, it's like green apples and pears and sweet fruits. That is not there. Take what you're sip. getting is the citrus. No, let's take another sip. You need more. The fruit is there. Oh, you're so right. It's the hazy. The mango, the mare, the mango, the pear, everything is there. It's, it's unfiltered, so it's just all, it's a great beer. Dang. It's a great beer if you are a hophead. Yeah, if you, yeah, that's key. If you're a hophead. I'm, I'm not really a hophead. I, I enjoy it. I appreciate it. I bought it on purpose. I saw it on the shelf. I said, I have to have this year's enjoy by. Uh, my friend Ben Chambers is the one who gave me my first enjoy by, and he I think he has one every year. Of course, he lives in California. Um, excellent, excellent I, uh, uh, IPA, excellent West Coast IPA, excellent double. Not a huge fan of uh, double hazies, so it's going to get a solid seven. Yeah. And you can trust anything that comes out of stone. You can trust Yeah, it. I would agree with that, especially if you're in the IPA category. Yeah. They they kind of they they have a long historic track record of kind of owning that they're doing that it. category. Also, I would suggest I know um, cans are like all the rage right now, but like glass bottle for a stone, oof, that is just it feels like uh, old times. Where is Stone located? California. Mm-hmm. I want to say San Diego. I don't know who we are. Um, yeah, yeah, it's California. They got Napa, Pasadena, Oceanside, Richmond. Yeah, yeah, it's it's California. They're all over. It's a California brewing. So, yeah, man. Great beer. Okay, great. Okay, Pause. so. So let's talk about whatever we're talking about then. <laughs> Uh, yes. So what I want to talk about today is the kingdom idea. So, okay. If you go back to literally the second series we ever did on this podcast, it's old. Look, if you go back this far, forgive the early days of this content, the editing, the production is not great. The content (laughs) is superb. (laughs) 
The first series we did was a series that Clayton and I did through the Nicene Creed. And kind okay. of what we, we used this metaphor of like, um, there was a lake and, mm-hmm. and Christianity was like a lake. And anything that happened inside the bounds of the lake was fair game and orthodox. And we set those bounds through the Nicene Creed. Okay. And, it, and it made this really robust, kind of borderline all-encompassing concept of Christianity based off the Nicene Creed. The second series we did is the one I'm referring you to. It was a seven-episode series that I did with our mentor from HBU, oh. uh, Ben Blackwell. And it was on the kingdom of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. I remember this. I think I watched episode one. Fantastic content. Yeah. Okay. Fantastic content. Make sure you go back and check those out because they really were great um, or are great. They're great content. But we're going to put some of that now into the conversation of the problem of evil because I have told you several times throughout the series that suffering and evil are not synonymous. You make those synonymous because they feel the same when you're the victim of them. Okay. But theologically, they are not the same. Evil is the thing that causes suffering. Suffering is the byproduct of evil. Evil is eating the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil that you know brings about death into the world. Death that God did not cause. Suffering is God saying, hey, here's some of the punitive effects of this. The grief, the turmoil, the trauma, the pain, the death, like the effects of it at the aftermath are suffering. Okay. So I want to look at the kingdom of God as a possible puzzle piece to insert into this problem of evil that we're talking about. Okay. Because you dismiss kingdom language. You don't like it. You don't like to call Jesus a king. Um, For multiple reasons, yes. Why? Yeah, okay. Wait, and to be fair, let me say, the way modern, educated people think about monarchies uh-huh. and, and power structures and dynamics, they're not great. They're not great. I'll be honest. I'll, like, I'll be the first to say it. I'd they say. are not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're you're pointing out one of my problems, which is... The, the power dynamics. Well, yeah, the political... Like, to call someone a king is a... It's a political system. Like, it's a political title. Wait, but... The title doesn't actually necessarily mean anything. It's the function they hold in that title because which is a Russia political function. Ca- Russia calls Putin a president. I don't think he functions anywhere near like Biden does. Okay. Uh okay, 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 okay. okay. It's their disposition in the office. People naturally went to a king because you need a leader to lead anything. A single, the buck stopped with somebody. And so they originally did a king. They quit doing a king and went to a president of democracy because a buck still has to stop with somebody. But they now get say in who that person is. Okay. I fully recognize that the authors of the ancient uh, Hebrew text uh, that we call the Bible and the authors of the uh, ancient uh, Jewish text that we call the New Testament uh did not have a political they didn't have an, a grid for the political system that we know as modern democracy okay so let me grant that 
Well, so, I mean, yeah. So when they think about uh, political systems that work well for the people of a nation state, uh, clearly in the Old Testament, the uh, the Hebrew people uh, think that the best system is a monarchy. Well, yes. Yeah, so God, t- God tells them, "Yo, you're dumb. You don't want that. But, you don't want that." However, but like even in that instance. Uh, the 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 assumed uh, I, I think it's not too much of a hermeneutical jump to say that the implication there is that God is suggesting a theocracy as an alternative to no, that that is what that's what they were originally under during the period of the right. judges and the exodus uh, that right. is what they were functioning under and they want to move away from that to have a king okay. that is the beginning of Samuel and okay Right. So, 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 so the, so the anointed people of God, the chosen people of God, uh, are under a theocracy and they go, "Eh, that's not what we want. We want a monarchy. Uh, and God says bad idea, but I'm benevolent and you free will and all these things here, but you're going to learn a lesson. Mm -hmm. Saul is not a great guy. Yada, yada. And God actually ends up regretting that. Saul's the person they choose. Well, they and, say that. Well, and then I mean, fast forward through uh, the history of Israel. Um, uh, classically, the monarchy goes through a cycle of good king, bad king, good king, bad king. Oh, it, it yes, and, and you it can involves track it. Prophets, and it all goes through David. Yeah, it all goes back to David, and and to be fair, majority of that conflict that happens between good king, bad king, good king, bad king, all happened. Because David was a piss poor father. Do you know which kingdom Jeroboam was over versus Rehoboam? Oh, uh, let me let, let me let me let me test your biblical knowledge. No, you can't Google it. No, I'm not. I got a text message. Jeroboam and Rehoboam. They were the sons. Who were they the sons of? Uh, Asherboam. No, they were the sons of Solomon. Oh, okay. Yeah, and no, I don't remember. There was a time Felicity Sogway would not be happy with me. Felicity Sogway would not be happy with you. Um, Jer- there was certainly a time where I was able to do it. Hey, we apologize. Ap- Stop! We apologize for dog barks. Uh, Jeroboam was the king of the nor- northern... Uh, you know, northern Kingdom, Judah. Yep. Northern Kingdom, and yep. Rehoboam was the king of the Southern Kingdom. Anyways, I, okay, I knew that part. I thought you were asking me for bruh, an era. Bruh, bruh, bruh. That's what I was asking. Oh, my bad. Um, okay, I could have told you that. Where was I, I going with this? Me for dates. Okay, 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 okay. So I recognize that the ancient authors of the sacred text did not have the education or lived experience to understand the difference between or or to understand the benefits of a democracy well, versus a monarchy. Wait, let me also say before you continue on that, they did not have the privilege of seeing it in its current state. I won't say glory. I wanted to say glory. What 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 see what? Democracy. But they did see it. Oh, but Greece was a democracy. But but did they And it failed. Colossal failure. Well, and Rome, Rome took over. Yeah, and so Rome- and so by the time of Jesus, when Rome is in power, you've seen the experience, the experiment How of they- democracy, and it was a colossal failure that barely lasted four hundred years. Yeah, but like where the Alexander the Great, colossal failure when Rome took over. Nobody thought it would ever do it again, and that's why it took the U.S. 
Okay, wait, 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 wait. Uh, your history. 1,400 years later to try it again. Your history is a little muddled there, my guy. I don't think so. Try me. Alexander was never. The democracy under Alexander. The first. It's still democracy. First of all, first of all, it was not a democracy under Alexander. It's a republic, which is the same thing we have. And Alex- it's not democracy what we have in the U.S. It's a republic. <laughs> if it was really democracy, you would have cast a vote if Donald Trump should have been impeached. You did not. No. You operate in a republic. You do not operate under a true democracy. That's this is right nope. wing. These are right wing. This is not right wing. This is just the truth about what's the difference between a republic and a democracy. This the United States is not a republic. It is a We're, republic. We are oh a my God. We are a representative democracy. We are not. We are a representative republic that elects officials to certain offices, and the republic holds them accountable. Okay. That is what the electoral college monitors and regulates i will we make, are a republic i will make sure that cullen puts in the show notes oh my god the uh the information that i'm going to provide to refute That's fine. his and argument. i will make sure that there is a complimentary <laughs> argument in the show notes about why i think it's actually a republic and not a democracy it's not a republic uh the point is alexander was also not presiding over a democracy either also he was not a failure uh he just was murdered in, no in did Babylon. greece continue to exist as an international and world power Bro, I no cannot, I Rome cannot, took over no. that is failure your, your history is muddled what happened Alexander was, the Great is died. also called what Alexa- Alexander the Listen conqueror where did Alexander die he wanted to cook Constantinople where well, okay that's correct what happened after Which he is died Istanbul what happened after he died how, they how, tried to move it to an oligarchy okay well sort of uh, the kingdom of Greece, which had spanned multiple continents at that point, was divided up into uh, three multiple, yep, three, three sections. Yep. By and those three leaders were military generals. Yep, commanders. Right. So it fell apart because conqueror. It, it fell apart because it was not a democracy. It was a democracy. Have you ever read Aristotle? Okay. It was a democracy. But when out. Al- <laughs> Are we doing this? Is this what the episode is about? Well, I'm just trying to show you that the ancient concept of political and societal structures was a moving target. And the only one of any kind of success that someone saw by the time of Jesus was a monarchy with. Yeah. And, and the one time they tried to move away from that outside of a theocracy. Right, right, right. Was Greece. And it was a dynasty that lasted only 400 years. And when Rome took it over, it was like they dropped a feather on it. It did not take much. It was an overpowering. It was monarchy showing you that it was king. It still ruled over anything else. And so the political structure at the time of Jesus, 100 give or take years removed from the Greece attempt at democracy was like nobody thought anything except monarchy could be king. Well, it was, it was nobody <laughs> thought that anything except that could rule. It was the Caesars, which Correct. was, which, which is, yeah, it's form, monarchy. Well, it, they still, there was still a representative government, but not yes, really. But I understand what you're saying because there was not checks and balances and accountability but in the way we have now. That was also at the time of Jesus, it was, um, and which is what we're talking about. Yeah, the Bible. yeah. Okay, so here's the point. Uh, so the the Jewish people were living under the oppressive thumb of a Roman uh, Caesar. Yep. Yep. Um. 
And so they, uh, or the followers of Jesus and the authors of Jesus's biographical content, uh, used the imagery of kingship because it was a good revolutionary alternative and challenge to the Roman Caesar who was lighting Christians on fire to light his garden. That's a Nero reference. Um, I, so look, the whole point of the past 20 minutes has been, I grant that the authors had a limited view of political systems that were inclusive and equitable. Yes. However, I live in 2023. I live in the 21st century and I do have the benefit of history. Right. And which is that's what it's supposed to do for us. Yep, it's yep. supposed to teach us. And I know that a theocracy <laughs> is bad. Bad, bad. Because it is the antithesis of a democracy, which I kind of believe in. I believe in a democracy. I believe in, I want to see political systems that are inclusive and equitable for all citizens living underneath that political system's power. Okay. Here's why I have a problem with monarchical language and the kingdom of God. Because Christianity, most especially American evangelical right-wing conservative Christian nationalist Christianity, is trying to establish a theocracy in a country that, despite our little tiff there a second ago, is foundationally democratic and is a representative democracy. So... I don't like the language of kingdom or king to relate with Jesus because it creates an unhealthy and historically proven unsustainable, unequitable, unjust political system. Yeah. Um, okay. I also grant that the, the, the pushback to my argument is, well, Jesus is perfect and so him being king... That's not the pushback to your argument. Him being king is not the same thing as uh, Charles II being king. He, uh, let, me, let me use a better example. He, Jesus being king is not the same as Henry VIII being king. Yeah. He's not carnal. He's not self-centered. He's not violent. He's not yada, 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 yada. But, but Jesus ain't here. Is he not here? No. He's not the political leader in any country that I see. Nope, you're very right. And the people that are advocating for him to be the king of the United States um, are racist. <laughs> and 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 it's support true. the incitement of insurrection and really really love violence. It's true. Really love violence. So and um, continually calling on people to commit violence and riot and overthrow. Because the king idea is also really colonial. 
Now again, I have the benefit. Well, I have the benefit of history. Well, but, but it, okay, let, okay, okay. But see, okay. but no, the reason it's at least expansionist. Back, no, okay, that's but that's why I'm pushing back is because they had that understanding. Don't forget the conquest narratives. They knew about no. conquest and expansion, and it was a good thing, wasn't it? Well, that's how it's presented. Yeah, for sure. Okay, and it's not. It's ex- terrible. Expansionist um, governments are problematic look 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 look. i know i'm getting into a lot of political theory but we're talking about jesus as a political figure which is what i right. need to do so i'm letting you right right, sure. right 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 yeah. so like expansionist and this is the evangelical this is the thing about kingdom language jesus is king we are members of the kingdom and we are evangelical therefore the the political philosophy there is expansionism which look okay i sorry i just touched i i I don't see a difference between expansionism, God golden, what was it, guns, and 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 colonization. I understand that we could get into a semantic debate about the two and how they are actually. Anyways, to be a kingdom with an ancient definition of what that looks like for an ancient people, the Hebrew people, it was expansionist. For sure. I, I, you've heard me say on this podcast multiple times. Uh, I think the Old Testament is a really good uh, genocide how-to. And guide. you've heard me say that it's the second best because the first best is Man Camp. <laughs> right, Hitler. Yep. <laughs> um, so I, th- this is why this is why kingdom king kingdom language is problematic for me because mm-hmm. that is not my hope of the future. My hope of the future is not a monarchy. Right. It's not. Right. Uh, uh, honestly, it's a, it's a socialist democracy. But, um, and, 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 and don't, don't hang your hat on the first word I said, socialist. I use them both together, which is a different He's definition. a regulated capitalist. He still wants the free market. Regulation, 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 yeah, because y'all can't capitalist. be trusted. Which so, is true. We're seeing it with the banks. Come on. Trump lowered the regulations, and the banks crashed four years later. Exactly. I am all about representative democracies which a socialist democracy is still a representative so let me democracy. ask you a question the first christians would you say that their story is best recorded in the book of acts sure okay so they heard jesus spout kingdom language yeah jesus this is the thing Wait, jesus does use this language they they heard jesus spout kingdom language yeah and how how did they choose to live uh, like citizens of a, what? I don't know. How did they choose to live? Uh, they were actually pretty socialist if we're going to read Acts. Oh, that's exactly what we're going to do. And you're exactly right. They, Tell me about it. They uh, pooled all their resources. The common purse. And then brought them to the leaders, their governmental leaders. I mean, they weren't officially governmental leaders, but the apostles. And uh, so that they could advance the um, the the organism that was the their political system, the church, mm-hmm. uh, and so that no one had need. So Welf- it was a welfare state. So I'm gonna I'm gonna read you six verses of the Bible. I'm not gonna tell you where they come from. Oh my God, he did end up reading the Bible. I did. <laughs> we talked about it that we weren't that I wasn't gonna, but I am. Uh, I love the Bible. I'm sorry. That's good. I'm glad you love the Bible. <sighs> Acts two. Well, and these verses are pretty near and dear to my heart because they're the verses that I and my small team of people chose to... Wellhouse. 
be the epitome verses of Wellhouse okay. Church. Okay. I dig it. Acts 2, 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, yeah. fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. All came upon everyone because many signs and wonders were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions Ooh. and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Pause. Dave, that is wealth distribution. These people, exactly these people mm -hmm. are Marxist. Go yep. ahead. And and let me let me also point out that uh, Adam, you've taken Greek. Yes, you've studied A few Hebrew. Times. Yes. Um, the Greek word for any. Oh, I don't know. Did oh, that's fine. When you learned it, did it mean anything different than the English word? No. So any, when you hear that word, do you think that means people both inside oh. and outside the community? No. Oh, oh, look or, at you. Or is it just Come people on, inside? Come on, preach, preacher. Come on, preach, oh, preacher. Okay, okay, okay. It's all. Oh, it's yeah, any. Yeah, yeah, Any. All means all in Greek and English. Get them. Any means any in Greek and English. Come on, feel the burn. And so any had need. And day by day, as they spent much time together. They were growing. In the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Um, I got to be honest, to your whole idea about democracy and liberation and all that bullshit you're spouting from a political <laughs> standpoint, um, some ancient people a long time ago from a book that you said doesn't mean anything did it way better than America has. Oof. Yeah. Well, well, okay, hold on, wait. That's what I'm saying. Oh, and they did it based on a guy that they called king that you said is bullshit. Remember, remember, several episodes ago, I told you I was gonna, I was gonna own you in, in a conversation <laughs> about kingdom language. Yeah, right here. So, but this is a kingdom. They, they. Don't, don't you don't get to read onto Jesus' okay. words when you weren't there to hear them. What you get to do is you get to analyze yeah. Jesus' words and their response to Jesus' words. Okay, okay. Which okay, is okay. what hold I on, just gave on. you. Can I can I articulate back to you what of I course. think I hear you saying? Of course. I think I think I hear you saying that the first century Christian community mm -hmm. perceived themselves to be participants in a cosmological kingdom mm -hmm. that had a manifestation uh, maybe 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 a realized cosmological kingdom that's great that is much more succinct than the following sentence that i was going to come up with mm -hmm. they had a realized cosmological kingdom mm -hmm. in which there was a monarch uh yeah and jesus and but that monarchy uh, uh that that political the participation in that monarchy also was participation in a socialist society mm -hmm. in which resources in which wealth was distributed mm -hmm. uh resources were pooled mm -hmm. uh there was no one 
that had need of anything of any kind yep. and that that would be housing well yeah food so maybe, maybe let's say that um, i don't think there's anybody here even the leaders i don't think anybody's living in a mansion they're all poor i think everybody's living in a shanty house but everybody has everything they need to survive yeah oh to be clear they're all experiencing abject poverty now, with you, their triple taxation system from rome which you also need to understand that 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 this Christianity and the message of Jesus is a message of liberation. You don't bring a message of liberation to people who are already liberated. You don't bring liberation to the king. The king is liberated. The king owns the world. You bring liberation to the slave. You bring liberation to the oppressed. You bring liberation to the marginalized. And so when they do it and they start pulling resources together, they become a collective of an army of goodness. Well, because they rally, it's a community. Mm, hold on. How, I, how do I want to articulate this? Their, 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 their socialist practice of pooling resources and wealth distribution and, 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 and all those things yeah. created the sense of community that was in some way a act of defiance mm -hmm. to the 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 actual political system of the day yeah for which, sure. which was the, the the oppression of rome yeah and let's talk about that let's talk about the act of defiance they're king you know, there's a there's a very famous line um, in the book of Matthew. It's also in Mark 12. It's one of the first sermons I ever heard you preach oh in Lord. a preaching class. Oh, God. Um, I have no recollection. Render unto Caesar what, what is, is Caesar and unto God what is God's. That's right. That's right. In that story, Adam, what is Caesar's? What image bears Caesar's? What what item bears the, Caesar's image? The coin. The drachma. The, coin, the, coin, the drachma. What it, yeah. yeah. Uh, what what item bears God's image? The human. Mm. I, I don't think that tangibility is the best way to answer any of these questions. Okay. The coin is not necessarily the best way to answer that question, nor is Jesus' answer. The best way to answer this question is to understand that Jesus came and presented himself in the best way that he knew how, mm -hmm. which was to be a king. But he modeled and exemplified himself in such a way, and his teaching was not one of rulership, of reign, of dominion, of power. I want you to think, uh, okay, so a couple episodes ago, we no. were looking for uh, a, a movie or a TV reference for rulership and things. Okay. And we couldn't really find one. And you brought up Game of Thrones. Okay. It's great. It's a great reference. Yeah. Okay. I want you to think about, think back through Game of Thrones. When... King Joffrey mm -hmm. or Queen Cersei mm -hmm. walk through the streets of King's Landing. How do they view their constituents that are poor and impoverished and marginalized? Less and than impressed? human. Less than human. Less than human. Can't stand them. Ush, right? I have my guards carry me on a, a, a elevated pedestal through the city. Yeah. When you see Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. And when you see Daenerys Targaryen walk through this. their seat, their cities, how how do you see them relate? They're leaders among the people. Mm. And would you not say that Jesus might be that same thing? Definitely. Would you not say that his kingdom 
presentation was merited? Yeah. Would you would you not say that when Rome in Rome's records through Pliny the Younger um, and Pliny the Elder records Jesus as a person, he was quote King of the Jews, written in Latin over his cross at his crucifixion. Rome declared that he was King of the Jews, and they placed a crown of thorns. On his head. Wasn't that mockery, though? And they draped a purple sash, a royal sash, and they exalted him on a cross. Uh uh Would uh you not say that that is all of the representations of a king? Okay, okay, okay. And you said it's mockery. It's sarcasm. Isn't Uh that what you said? Uh It is, yeah. Oh, is it that or is it a a king that identified with a suffering people? Okay, okay, look, look. Shut up, Cullen. Shut up. Why? Because I'm proving you wrong. Shut up, Cullen. Okay, look. <laughs> I am with you. I think you have been. Wait. Su- Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I think you have successfully. But look, I, I have. A, I have a caveat. I have a caveat. I have a. Uh, uh, uh. <sighs> okay, look. I'm with you, but but you have to grant. In this argument, that that definition of monarchy, what I mean is Jesus's like definition of his monarchy, is 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 um 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 um, um, um sorry, bear with me here. Two beers, nine percent each. That Jesus's definition and manifestation of monarchy is mm, objectively nope. different nope. from what w- the monarchies that we have seen in actual human history. Nope, but only because I dif- disagree with your construct. It's not objective or subjective. It's a model. It's a type. It's what's okay. followed. Okay, 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 okay. Edit. Jesus's manifestation of monarchy is a different version, a different model than any monarchy uh, human existence, human history has ever seen. Yeah, and it inspired a following unlike any existence humanity has ever seen. Okay, granted. I will give you that Jesus's definition and manifestation of monarchy as this uh yes uh, monarchy in the sense that there's mono one uh power uh to lead monarchy uh but see i don't even over okay well that's that's what it is though but i don't think jesus would say that what are you talking about in unity but i think jesus definitely i mean we the best maybe verb that i could say maybe servant leader don't you dare no 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 it's like um delegation but it's what? not one leadership. Is this is it the UK where the monarchy is actually just like kind of ceremonial? Well, so and then there's like a like a representative social democracy underneath that monarchy. Well, I'm more so getting into my like trinitarian theology. Okay, here, but like yeah, you have like ground of being, uh-huh. which is the source of uh, omnibenevolent. Like, well, 
I think in the way, like, this is why I love this word. Like, in the way that Paul Tillich uses it, like, ground of being, like, the the entirety of existence exists in this extraterrestrial character that we call God, Elohim, Yahweh, Yehovah, uh, Jesus. This character is entirely life. They know nothing but life, love, and goodness. Okay. And then... From there, knowing life, love, and goodness, sin enters the world, and they now have an understanding of what evil is because it's been done to them. Not because they inherently know, but because you identify something that is other than you once it's been done in your vicinity or done to yeah, you. Yeah, you, you, you have a, a revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I think from that point, God can begin to evolve. But God is fighting a war against ground of death, all the things that are against God. Um, And in this, God begins to encompass and exist as the answer to the problem, which we've talked about. You have said, and you didn't say it, explicitly today so i'm gonna say it for you the the narrative of the problem of evil and the human perspective that you were given made sin the problem which also meant that satan, it, satan demons and sin well, like which also meant that bat. it highlighted the crucifixion of jesus oh, yeah. rather than the resurrection 100 100 i remember the first time I realized that I was thinking about the Bible different than other people was I preached a sermon and I titled it because I didn't know what else the hell to title it. The resurrection matters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, most people don't live according to the resurrection. They live according to the crucifixion. Yeah. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus did not conquer death for your sins. Penal substitutionary atonement That's has it. destroyed American theology. That's it. That's it. And it's very closely tied to ransom theology. Oh, yeah, the majority the of American uh, understandings because that's we choose the metaphor of violence. Definitely. We love it because of our anyways, because yeah. of our political system. But I I think maybe my overall point is nothing about Jesus told you that that's how he was doing it. Nothing about Jesus's followers told you that's how Jesus was doing it. Yeah. Jesus became your king and endured the thing you hate. As his or their metaphor of conquering evil. It is Christus Victor theology, bro. It is Christus Victor atonement that Jesus does on that cross. It is a conquering of death. It is a victory over the enemy, the ground of death. And now we're just playing defense and gathering intel as we wait for God to launch their final attack, which John of Patmos, in their very apocalyptic, tripping on mushrooms way, (laughs) records in what they call the War of the Armageddon. You think John was on ayahuasca? Like maybe, oh. some, maybe some like maybe some like real. Well, I don't know what I don't know if mushrooms and ayahuasca grow so, in Asia, but he was tripping on some <laughs> for show. He was on some like real uh, hardcore Mediterranean peyote or something. Something for sure. He was definitely feeling himself. <laughs> um, and so I wanted to do this episode on kingdom because I really do think it's your hang up. I mean, yeah. Well, I, and it's a lot of people saying it because the way we talk about it in an, in a modern world, that's really not how they're viewing it in an ancient world. Well, look, I think you have convinced me that um, that my that that my definition of 
uh, a monarchy, as a political system, as a, as a power structure, is not the political system and power structure that Jesus has uh, embodied. Wait, so have I also then convinced you that the way you read Genesis 1 through 11 is not the way Jesus would have read one Genesis 1 through 11? I grant that there's no possible way that Jesus and I could read that text the same way. I don't know that you've convinced me that I should read it the way you read it. Great. Well, this is a precursor <laughs> to the final episode we will do in this series, which is a summary of this entire series. And I'm not necessarily trying to convince Adam that like his way of viewing Christianity is wrong because I do think that Adam, I would call Adam a Christian. I would call me a Christian. There's an episode about right. this. Go find me. I would, I would happily call Adam a Christian. And I think I will see Adam in eternity, which, and the reason I say that is because eternity is not a, it's not a place of never ending time. Eternity is a state of existence. And that's why Satan or whoever this ground, like whatever the temptation narrative or the, whatever way it makes cyclical sense, that other total, thing. yeah, that, that character cannot be forgiven because what they did happened in eternity. Yeah. And I want to explain this. I thought about this metaphor and maybe it's a good way to close before we close out this series. We got two episodes left. Next episode will be an episode on um, Paul's apocalyptic language of uh, the armor of God. Oh, and I I'm going to put the human perspective in this conversation that God is fighting a war and why Paul chose to communicate this way. So I'm going to do that one. And then we're going to do this summary episode. Okay. But one of the, I, I found this metaphor the other day that I was thinking about. So if you didn't know, I'm a huge college football fan. I love college football. Um, and has been asking me recently, what are you watching? And it's always an answer of like recruiting videos. <laughs> You're no, so lame. Pack 12 TV deals. You're so lame. I'm a business nerd. <laughs> um, that likes a little sport on that likes on a little top. sport on their business drama. <laughs> and so, yeah, going through and listening to these pack 12 TV deals. Look, those presidents and George Klyovkov. Okay, don't go. Don't. No, 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 nobody I'm not, cares. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, nobody cares. The presidents of the universities in that conference. Yes. And George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the academic element and the yeah, TV deal of that. Yeah. They are having conversations that we're not getting through the media. Sure. Of course. In Back the same reveals. way that the ancient world human leaders. Sure. And okay. God through prayer and the way God is manifesting and the, the way that God is experiencing themselves to humans, okay. they are having conversations in the ancient world that we don't get in the Bible. The Bible is our media version of what's actually happening. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Look, and it's I limited, grant all that. insufficient, sure. and lacking in information. It's a window. It's a window. It's, it's a window. It's, it's, not, it's not a dictionary. It's a window, not a dictionary. And hey, we're trying to piece those uh, gaps together. I'm going to argue that John on Patmos was actually consuming Phalaris aquatica, which is a centenarian moss that grows in most Mediterranean climates. It's also known by other names such as hardy grass or uh, Phalaris tuberoso. Yeah, that's right. And uh, it causes an intoxication called canary grass intoxination, intoxication, which is, uh, let me put this in more uh, terms you might understand. It's just a hardcore DMT trip. It causes psychoactive biochemical and behavioral changes, agitation, visuals, visualizations, hearing, uh, hearing 
impairments as well as distortion of time perception itself. I, I have I have no problem saying that John of Patmos, also called John the Elder, also called author of the book of Revelation, which I think is actually authored by a community of people. Um, oh, it was widely distributed in Mediterranean regions, including islands around Greece, and to be used as a soothing anesthetic. Uh, and and aphrodisiac and hallucinogenic yep. as a medication. I have no problem with <laughs> anything that was just said by Adam. Boy, was on DMT. But what I will say is John of Patmos was definitely tripping on... Another name is Jimson Weed and Zombie Cucumbers. Have a nice day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Pints and Perspectives podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.